We're going to start in Leviticus, Le Leviticus chapter 27, because we're discussing here about tithing according to the law, because this is where the debate is basically uh, uh, founded upon. So we're going to go to Leviticus 27 verse 30. So this is, this is God making commands about the law, about the tithe. Verse 30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man redeems any of his tithe, he must add a fifth of the value to it. Do you know what that means? That means if you don't have, if you're not able to give it at that moment, you have to pay interest on it. Do you understand? God, God, God's serious about returning to him the tithes. Hey, Christina, glad you're here. He's serious about that. He, he, people, if they, if they had to like either borrow money or they weren't able, whatever the situation, they had to pay interest on that, which is, God takes this seriously. So, so we, I don't see how we cannot take this seriously, considering how seriously God takes it. Uh, verse 32, the entire, hey, Jill. Uh, the entire tithe of the herd of the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. He must not pick out the good from the bad or make any substitution. If he does make a substitution, both the animal and its substitute become holy and cannot be redeemed. Verse 34, this is the last verse of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, which obviously is the Levitical law under the... the, the Levitical priesthood, um, but I'm not going to get into necessarily all of that because that's a lot of teaching. These are the commands of the Lord. These are, sorry, these are the commands the Lord gave Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second because what sometimes might happen is people might be like, well, that means that we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments, right? Wrong. Let me go over to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and uh, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. So Jesus is, is reminding this young man, um, you need to obey the commandments. And you know what's interesting? This story is actually the story about the rich young ruler in, in which Jesus says, um, you know, he says... <laughs> Give up all you have to the poor and then come follow me. And the guy's like, oh, my money? No. And that's why there's warnings about your money becoming something that owns you rather than you owning it. Because in the case of this young man, he was, he was very wealthy. And so the idea of giving that away, he didn't want to do it. And so that's an example of money owned him. And so there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. But you can't allow the money to have that much control over you that you would actually choose that over following Jesus. So that, that's the context of that story. So Jesus is reminding us, hey, um, there's commandments to follow. You don't stop following the commandments, right? Um, 
So I just wanted to, to kind of remind you of that because you don't want to get into to a bit of fault, faulty teaching that, that says in any way, oh, well, the Ten Commandments, no. The, the, the Ten Commandments still hold. Jesus made that clear. So I hope that's clear. By the way, if you have any questions about this, please ask. I want to make sure that this is all clear. I want to make sure that everyone understands what we're talking about. So if you have questions, please feel free. Ask me anytime and I will I will pause and answer. Um, now, so let's just go another scripture in the Old Testament in reference to tithing. Let's go to Numbers 18. And I know this is a lot of like technical stuff, but it's important because you, you need to understand the basis of things. And that's going to help you understand um, in context where the tithe fits into your life as a New Testament believer, because that's what we are. Um, Numbers 18 and verse 23. It is the Levites who are to do the work at the tent of meeting and bear their responsibility for offenses against it. This is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Verse 24. Instead, I give to the Levites as as their inheritance the tithes that the Israelites present as an offering to the Lord. This is why I said concerning them, they will have no inheritance among the Israelites. So if you understand what's happening here, God is saying that the tithe now, you're paying a tithe to the Levite priest. Okay? Um, Verse 25. The Lord says to Moses, speak to the Levites and say to them, when you receive from the Israelites the tithe I give you as your inheritance, you must present a tenth of that tithe as the Lord's offering. So, so you know what's interesting about that? God is saying, so you're gonna, so the Levites are gonna collect the tithe, but when you collect that tithe, you still need to tithe on that tithe, and so that's kind of um, um, a basis for a lot of times why ministers will 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 say, you know, I, I tithe off of everything I get into the ministry, and that's a biblical concept. So I, you know, that that explains. So if you're ever kind of wondering, you know, why. Uh, would, would ministers tithe off what they get? Isn't that supposed to be for the kingdom? You still tithe off of the tithe, essentially, right? Um, verse 28, In this way you will also present an offering to the Lord from all the tithes you receive from the Israelites. From these tithes you must give the Lord's portion to Aaron the priest. You must present as the Lord's portion the best and holiest part of everything given to you. And I, I, I thought that was interesting. Because in verse 28, and again, this is, this is the kind of stuff that unless you take the time to properly study the scripture, you're not even going to know that verse exists. Because God's saying, you also, you also present an offering to the Lord from the tithes. So, so it's not just to the priest, but it's also to the Lord. So that's something important. This is the book of Numbers. This is not um, um, Leviticus when, when, you know, all these different laws that were coming down. And it says, the best and holiest part of everything given to you. So this, so then you take a portion and you give it to Aaron the priest. So now we're talking again about this, this priesthood. So this is where people get it um, confused. This is where they get it wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it that way. Now, stop there. Because then I'm going to get to um, talking about the priesthood. Because... If you're under the impression, if you're under the impression that you have to, um, 
that the tithe only was for the Levitical priesthood or for Aaron, you know, the priesthood of Aaron or whatever, you're thinking, well, that died away. That died away because we have a better, uh, we have a substitution program that came in through Christ. That's true. And I'm going to get to that. I'm not going to get to that yet, but, but the, it's the best part of this is going to come very soon. But I wanted to talk first about what Jesus said about tithing. Because a lot of times, and I, I was listening to a broadcast um, last week from, from another preacher talking about how a lot of times um, doctrine is created through what's called the doctrine of silence. What that means is that because, you know, maybe it wasn't specifically mentioned by, by Christ, then, oh, then it must not be valid anymore. And that's a dangerous thing. Because the entire word of God is inspired by God. And your, your role as a Christian is to understand the application for your life. And to understand not through the eyes of, of a Canadian or an American or wherever you're from. But understanding what God was saying to the original audience. And then how you fit into that. Uh, um, how you fit into that. Because it, it's still for us today. So you have to understand how and why. So that's your responsibility. You cannot, you know, that, and that, that tends to be, you know, this isn't like it was back in the day when the people had no access to the scriptures and all they did was sit in a church and a priest stood up and read from a Bible from a language that they, they didn't even understand. And that was the only exposure that they had to the scriptures. There's no excuse now. This isn't like it was back then. If you're going to come to me and tell me, oh, you know, tithing's not for today. And I'm going to say, why? And you say, well, because that, that, you know, I heard. No, not you heard. What does the scripture say? It doesn't matter what you heard because people, people are in error all the time. I keep a, you know, I keep a very close watch on the things that I preach and the things that I teach lest I be in error. Because if I'm in error, I'm in trouble. So I, you, I have to make sure that, that, that everything I say is backed by the scripture. And it's not something that I, I either maybe heard growing up and so I'm parroting that. Or it's something that I feel, you know, we, you know, this is this is important, but it's not scriptural, you know. So you, 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 there's no excuse now. You have you have access to all the resources in the world, every version of the Bible you could think of. Though not all of them are, are always super accurate. Um, but if you want to know which are the best, I highly recommend my class at GNU. And the only way you're gonna see that is if you sign up. So you should do that. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, so, so, so let's talk about what Jesus said, because Jesus did speak on the tithe. Matthew 23 and verse 23. Woe to you, teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. And I want to read a, that same, you know, that same scripture in Luke eleven forty two, 42, um, because I think it says it even better. It says you should tithe. Yes. Without neglecting the other things. So Jesus, <laughs> and when you see Jesus say you should tithe. Yes. I'm going to give you a hint of what the original language says. It says, you should tithe, yes. So Jesus is reminding them, and you know what, you know what it actually is? Um, 
It was it was a basic command. It, it was it was not like it was in question. Nobody went to Jesus. Do you see? Because they asked Jesus a lot of things. They 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 wanted to know about divorce. They wanted to, they wanted to know about a lot of things to see if maybe they can get out of a few things. But nobody ever asked about the tithe because it was clear that the tithe is a basic function of a of a person in faith, a person in covenant with God. It was a basic part of it, right? So, um, you know, that's, that's an important thing to keep in mind that, that a lot of times, you know, you, like, like I mentioned before about making doctrines out of silence, you know, Jesus didn't say it. So, you know, you know, that's basically taking, um, the scripture and, and molding it into something you want it to be. Um, and you can't do that. If you do that, you're in, you, you're going down a very dangerous path, you know, um, anyways, so Jesus said, Luke eleven forty two, you should tithe. Yes. Without neglecting the other things. So in other words, Jesus was saying the tithe is like the least of what you should be doing. That's basic. That's elementary, right? Do you understand? It was so ingrained and Jesus, he had an opportunity at that moment to say, you know what? Honestly, you don't really need to tithe. Because, you know, I, you know, it, it's just not necessary. No, you should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the other things. So Jesus was essentially saying, you know, there, there's more important things. Not that, now again, not that tithing isn't important. It's just that it's so basic. Anybody can do it. It requires very little effort. The, the Pharisees were like, look at us. We're tithing our, our mint and our dill and our cumin, our spices. Yeah, that's easy. You just take the spice, you give it. It's not complicated. But the other matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness, that's a little bit more difficult. That takes a little bit more effort. That takes a little bit more action on the part of, of the believer. So it was, it was on, it was like Jill mentioned 101. Yeah, it's Christianity. Well, I mean, obviously, um, Christianity was still being formed, but, but Christianity 101, tithing, it, it's like a basic thing. It's like, you, that's just what you do. You know, there's no, that's why no one ever asked, do we still need to do that? Uh, is that, is that still a thing? You know, now you will have people that say, well, you know, Jesus hadn't died yet. Jesus hadn't died yet. So he hadn't yet fulfilled the law. So that's why he confirmed the tithe. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, I, I, okay. I, I can, I can play that game. I, I'll play that game with, with people who do that because I know people who do that because they're, they'll do anything to get themselves out of having to do something. <laughs> Having to sacrifice something. Anything we could do to get out of this, I'm going to do. All right, cool. That's cool. Okay. I get what you're saying. You're wrong, but I get what you're saying. Jesus hadn't died yet. Okay. Well, what about, what did, did Paul have anything to say on this? 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. I want you to understand this. This is not a free will offering where you're like, well, whatever you feel like in keeping with your income. What does that mean? It's based on your income the first day. So it's a first fruit offering. That's Paul speaking in first Corinthians. This is post resurrection. 
And I can, I mean, I'm not going to do, I won't tonight because I, I, I think I'm going to be able to finish tonight and I, and I do want to wrap this up tonight. But there's a lot of teaching about money from Paul and to the Corinthian church and understanding how important it is. Um, but that's, that scripture, you know, it, 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 that speaks to me. I hope it speaks to you. A sum of money in keeping with his income. Because maybe, maybe the reason Paul had to address this is that maybe people weren't tithing. Maybe people weren't, weren't doing what they were supposed to do, right? Because Paul does um, speak about giving in other books and other teachings. But this one's very specific. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Now you might say, well, it's a little vague. I don't know about that. I get what you're saying, but I don't think so. Okay. All right. That's cool. Um, <laughs> all right. That's fine. Um, um, not Still not good enough? Well, there's more. Now, before I get to it, though. Um... When, when I addressed off the top, uh, the reasoning why, um, you know, this preacher came to this conclusion that, you know, since we're not under law anymore, we don't have to tithe. Um, but let's, let's talk about this issue with the law, because what ends up happening is you have, um, and I really felt to, to address this tonight. I wasn't going to, I didn't have it prepared last week, but I, I felt like addressing this tonight because I think it's important. You know, there's a lot of aspects in the law, a lot of, um, you know, the, 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 the cleansing rules, the ceremonial rules, um, cutting your hair, your beard, your, your, the seeds in your garden. There's a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, you know, the shellfish, you shouldn't have a, a shrimp or, or whatever. Do you know that I found out? That shrimp or is it shrimp? They're like they're like the garbage cans of the ocean or something. Am I right on that? Is it is it shrimp or is it something else? And it kind of grossed me out. I'll be honest. Um, I I happen to like shrimp. It's it, it's I don't know if it's shrimp or something else, but it's like they 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 yeah. It's it, it doesn't that gross you out? It grosses me out a little. And then when you go to the, go to a restaurant and you want to have something with shrimp, it costs you like 40, bu 40 bucks. So I I don't know. It kind of grossed me out, but I still like it. I'll eat it. Um, I happen to like seafood. It's good. So, so I want to talk about, you know, so now does this apply to us today? How does this all work? So I'm going to have a few, a few scriptures. Romans 4, 17 says, this is important for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy ghost. So, so Jesus, you know, he, he and he said, um, you know, Jesus talked about how really all crustaceans, mm, that's unfortunate. What about the, what about squid? Because I really love calamari, like, especially like the deep fried kind. Oh man, that has to be one of my all time favorite things to eat. So I don't know. Do they also, are they also the garbage disposals or whatever of the ocean? Because that's gross too. Um, See, that's why you, you, you know, you, you have to try not to think too much <laughs> about stuff. Just be like, this tastes good. I'll eat it. You know, Jesus talked about, <laughs> Jesus talked about, um, how what goes, goes, um, 
Lobsters are bottom. Even lobster? Oh, dumb. And lobster, it's gonna cost you 60 bucks when you go to a restaurant. Our pe people are making a killing on, um, <laughs> on like, um, you know, stuff that crawls along the ocean. Anyways, so Jesus said, you know, um, you're right, exactly Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. That's why we say grace before meals. That's why we thank the Lord for the food. Um, and why we, we know, we, we pray that the Lord will bless our food and our water because the Lord knows where it comes from and what's in it. Um, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it's on the subject of food, you know, you know, Jesus taught that what goes, it's not what goes inside of a man that makes him unclean. So Jesus is basically saying, um, yeah, it's not kosher for sure. J Jesus is basically saying what you eat doesn't matter. That's not what makes you unclean, okay? Hey, Melina, welcome from Florida. I love Florida. I hope to go soon. Um, so, you know, th that's what Jesus was, was teaching. Um, hey, you know, people thinking that, you know, you, as long as you, you eat certain things and don't eat certain things, that that's going to make you clean. No, it's not about what a man puts into his body that makes him unclean, but rather his heart. And so that's an important thing to understand that Jesus was basically teaching. You could uphold all of these things. You could not eat pork. You could uh, uh, make sure that you don't have mixed fabrics on your, on your shirt or whatever. But it, it's not gonna, it's, that's not going to save you. Because that's not what makes you unclean. He was talking about, um, um, a, that's right, Ro. Talking about a, a spiritual cleansing that needs to take place. That you, there are people... Um, you know, Jewish people, let's say, that hold fast to every single thing in the law. They don't cut, you, 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 you could see them. You can go to, um, where's the place here? Uh, I, I forget what it is. I'm, I'm not Mount Royal. Anyways, somewhere here in, in, in the city, um, nowhere near where I, where I live. And you can see the, the, Jew, the Jewish men, you know, they have hats, they have the, 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 the hair, their sideburns that they don't cut, their beers. They do everything. You know, they, 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 uh, um, they take the Sabbath and they don't, um, they don't watch anything. They, they shut off all their devices. I think, I think they even might not even use electricity, if I remember correctly. I don't, I don't know 100%, but maybe even that far. Cote de Neige, okay. Outremont, yeah. So you guys know. You guys know what's going on. You provide me the information about the stuff that I have no clue about. I know Bible stuff, and beyond that, that's about it. Um, and so they do everything. They do everything. But unless they are saved, unless they have, have, have made a decision to turn to Jesus, what they eat, whether they shave or not, it isn't going to save them. And I want to read another scripture in the book of Hebrews. Now, remember what the book of Hebrews is. It's written to Christians, Hebrew Christians. So this is post-resurrection. Uh, this, is, this is not uh, Old Testament. This is New Testament. And this scripture probably has, at least to me, the clearest understanding about whether we, whether we as Christians hold to you know, the ceremonial aspects of the law. So listen to this. Hebrews 9, verse 9. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. So in other words, talking about 
sacrificing goats and bulls and sheep and all that and the priest and going to the temple and the blood that what that no longer saves you that that was required pre-christ but once christ came that's our substitution program for having to be bound to the law to a law that you couldn't possibly keep you it would take all the time in the day just to go by every single little thing about you know purifying yourself uh, cleaning this and cleaning that it's it's too much god knew that it was too much that's why he sent his son he could and that's why you know when it says god so loved the world he's the one that brought the law so he could have easily said you know what i don't want to i don't want to sacrifice anything they need to keep following the law no for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son as our substitution program for 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 the, the the curse of the law he became a curse for us this is the verse Hebrews 9 verse 10, they are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings. There it goes. External regulations applying until the time of the new order. External regulations. So if you have a, if you see a Christian, they're like, you know, you really shouldn't eat pork. No, you can eat all the pork you want. Eat all the bacon you want. Eat all the breakfast sausages you want. Ham. Um, boy, I love I love brunch. Like going going out and, and having a brunch. Now I'm hungry. Um, eat it all you want because it is it is abundantly clear. Jesus made it clear, and the writer of Hebrews made it clear. We're not 100 percent sure who that was. Some say Paul. I don't think it was Paul. It could have been Paul, but we don't know 100 percent doesn't matter because it's in it's included in the holy scriptures so it's god breathed regardless of who put pen to paper they are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings external regulations applying until the time of the new order okay and you know what's interesting about that just as a side note you know the scripture where paul talks about um, how sexual sin is the only thing that a man commits against his own, his own body. And that answers the question, if people ever wonder, well, do we still hold to all of those laws re- regarding sexual purity and sexual immorality? Yes, we do. Because it is, it is not an external thing. It is something that is committed against your own body. So we still have to obey uh, uh, sexual purity laws. So, so that's something interesting. Not the cleaning stuff the the purity stuff the 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 immorality stuff so there's a little i mean you shouldn't have any questions about the law after this if you still do then i i guess i didn't do a good enough job teaching it but anyways hopefully you guys um are understanding this you're clear now if all of that you're still like okay fine but tithing's under the law let's read (laughs) this is one of my favorite scriptures this is the best right here where do we first find out about the tithe you ask your normal christian they're gonna say book of leviticus it was for the levitical priest and since that priesthood has died out we no longer have to do it all right that would be true if this scripture didn't exist genesis chapter 14 genesis chapter 14 
Levi was a descendant of Abraham, not the other way around. Okay. 700 years before the law was given. Abraham was not under the law. Or he was still Abram at this point. Listen to this. Genesis 14 and verse 18. Uh, let's start at 16. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. After Abram returned from defeating, woof, that's a name, Kedor, Ked, oh man, Kedorlaomer, wow, um, and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom, hmm, I'm getting there, John, I'm right there, you know, smart, I mean, if you watch this broadcast, you're already smart right off the bat, but um, that's a tough name, I don't know, anyways, um, and the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Sheva. That is the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And he, he was the, he, listen to this. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram saying, blessed be Abram by God most high creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Here it is, the verse that anti-tithers will never be able to get around, no matter what they do. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything, and thus the tithe has been implemented. Now, you, you might still, because I, I'm trying to, because I used to, well, no, okay, wait, let me say this right. I wasn't against tithing. I just didn't like to do it because I didn't like to part with money. <laughs> um, so I, I always used to like try to listen to preachers that were very anti-giving and all that, try and find some um, biblical precedent to not do it. Um, but, you know, you have to be careful. Uh, you you. You cannot listen to people who try to back up rebellion using scripture. You have to be extremely careful with that. Um, so they might say, well, yeah, okay, Ab Ab Abram gave to Melchizedek, but what does that have to do with us now? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to Hebrews. Hebrews, I have to say, I love the whole Bible, but I, I would... I think Hebrews is my favorite book of the Bible because Hebrews, I feel, it it covers everything, right? It 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 covers like it covers absolutely everything. I I really feel um, that it just it gives, at least to me, the best overview. Um, the best overview of uh, oh my paper stuck ah hang on. My, I have notes everywhere. Okay. The best overview of everything. You know, it tells us to go to church, <laughs> which I love. Tells us to tithe. Tells us to do a lot of things. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. Sorry, not Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 7. And I lost my bookmark. Okay, here it is. Hebrews chapter 7. Now, this is, I would say... Um, the best teaching about tithing in the entire Bible. 
because this answers every question that a Christian might have when it comes to the tithe. This, this answers, in my mind, <clears throat> everything you need to know because it, it explains everything. So let's actually start um, at Hebrews 6 verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. So explaining that um, at the time in the Old Testament, only the priests were able to approach you know, the most holy of holies. And so what would happen is, you know, the people would make sacrifices and then the priests on behalf of the people would bring those sacrifices to the temple. They were the only ones that were allowed access to the presence of God. The people were, were you know, they were just, and I, I suppose that's where, um, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a Catholic background, so I don't know. So I apologize if I'm wrong, but I think maybe this has something to do with why uh, uh, people ask the priest you know, you know, in a Catholic church where you have like the little booth thing where you sit and, and you tell the priest your, your sins and all that. So I think that's probably where it came from, I would imagine. It's probably a good thing that I don't teach uh, world religions at GNU. I'm pretty sure. I think that's Pastor Steve's class. So it's probably a good thing that I don't teach it because <laughs> I don't really know the answer to that. Um, the confessional, yeah. But that's where it came from, right? Am I right? That has to be where it came from. Like for just, just for them to have the, the idea that that's how you have to approach God for repentance is through the priest. It's got to be, right? Anyways, um, so now we understand that through the coming of Jesus, you guys know, you guys are smart. I love it. That through the coming of Jesus now, he went where we could not previously go enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus who went before us has entered on our behalf. Now listen to this. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. How can you explain away the tithe if Abram tithed to Melchizedek and Jesus is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Why did, Why that? It could have been, the writer of Hebrews could have just said, you know, Jesus, you know, went before us. He, he's a high priest forever and stopped it there. But he mentions specifically, and there's a whole chapter of Melchizedek. Great name, by the way. If you're, if you're having a boy, I, I highly recommend that name. Call him Mel for short. It's perfect. Let's keep reading. This is this is crucial. Super crucial. And I'm almost done. So I'm going to make it to finish this today, which I'm glad about. Uh, Hebrews 7 verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Salvatore is that is that a, a, a that's that's an interesting boy's name call him Sal that's cool I'm cool with that I'm partial to Melchizedek I think it's a great name um and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything first his name means king of righteousness 
Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the son of God, he remains a priest forever. The, the order of Melchizedek never died. Not only did it never die, but Jesus is in the order of that priesthood. So even if you could argue, well, you know, we don't really, you know, because again, people will argue everything. They'll argue every little point to try to get out of having to tithe because they don't want to part with their money. They'll, they'll buy everything. You know, do you know, I love going to restaurants. I do. I love, I think it's um, ever since I was a kid, ever since I could remember, I love the act of sitting in a restaurant. I love it. If you go to a restaurant now, you and one other person, you're probably going to spend 50, 60 bucks. Do you need to do that? No, you don't. You don't. You could buy a, a whole lot of groceries. Okay, well, maybe not a whole lot of groceries, but groceries for 60 bucks and have meals for at least two days. Um, exactly stuff, especially for breakfast. I, I, I enjoy it. You don't have to do it, but you have no problem because you want to, to drop down 60 bucks, 70 bucks, a hundred bucks in a restaurant, but tithing, no, you'll go to great. Like imagine if people who went to the lengths of trying to prove that we don't have to tithe, went to those same lengths to, to tell people about Jesus, to study the word. Anyways, just think, verse 4, just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abram, Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now listen, this is where it gets, you cannot argue this. You, you, you can't. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people. That is their brothers. Even though... Their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by, blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by men who die. But in the other case, by him who is declared to be living, one might even say that Levi who collects the tenth paid the tenth through Abraham, because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. Verse 11, if perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given, why was there still a need for the other prince to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. You don't, you understand what this is saying. The tenth is collected by men who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. So even though you might give it to people, the soil might be people, might be the church or a minister or whatever. It's collected by God in heaven. I mean, look at what verse 17 says. This is... Actually, let me, let me, no, I'm going to read more. Verse 14. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear, 
if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an undestructible life. For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. <laughs> Jesus is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So, so you have to think, um, if, if you're, if you're withholding your tithe, it's like you're withholding, uh, uh, giving to Jesus. If you look at it that way, it's going to be kind of hard not to do it. It's going to be kind of hard to be like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> it's the best part. Um, oh, you're funny, Joe. Um. So anyways, I mean, I could, it's, it's a long chapter. I would encourage you to go and read Hebrews chapter seven, the whole thing and understanding that, that the, the Melchizedek priesthood is a priesthood that never died. And so if Abraham thought it appropriate to tithe to that priesthood, then how can we say it has died out and we no longer need to do it? And I want to read one more scripture. Where is it? I got too many notes here. Ah. John chapter 8. Because this is important. Because you're saying, well, you know, that's Abraham. It doesn't, it's irrelevant to us. Abraham could, you know, I know Abraham did that. But, you know, I wasn't, uh, I'm not Abraham. You know. Listen to this. I lost my bookmark again, so I have to flip to it. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, uh, where are we here? Nope, that's John chapter 9. John chapter 8, listen to this. Listen to this. <laughs> uh, let's go to, actually let's do John eight thirty three. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. What did Abraham do? <laughs> what did Abraham do? Abraham tithed. And what are we according to faith in Christ Jesus? What are we? <laughs> we are descendants of Abraham according to the promise. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. We are heirs according to the promise. Listen, Galatians 3.29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If Abraham tithed, if Abraham tithes to the order of Melchizedek, how can you say it's not for me anymore? Now, I'm sure that there are people who would hear all this. All this scripture, 
all this teaching and still say, no, nah, I don't need to tithe. Hey, that's, they could take it up with God when they get to heaven, if they get there. So if, if that's the life you want to live, I would rather, I would rather follow what the scripture says and understanding that all the money belongs to the Lord anyways, all the silver and all the gold. It's his money. God has given you the ability to create wealth. You can't, if you, when, when Malachi 3 talks about robbing God, it's because it's his money. All you're doing is returning to him a tenth. It's like I said last week, he's letting you keep 90%. All he wants is a tenth of that. All he wants is to know that your heart is not with your money, but your heart is with the Lord. That you set aside something to be holy. That you said, when I, when I receive income, I'm not, before I do anything else, 10% off the top of that, off my, I have worked hard for this. You know, you, you go to work 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, some people. You put your time, your energy, you sacrifice. You drive in, in traffic for an hour back and forth. And you're, you're showing God by saying, I am taking this, this precious seed that, that I had a lot of, uh, uh, had to put a lot in to, to, to get it. Put a lot of hours in, a lot of time in, a lot of sweat. And I'm giving it back to you because money does not, money only has a place in my hand. It doesn't have a place in my heart. And you don't tithe because the church needs a new roof, though the tithe money could go to that. The Lord's business will get done regardless. We tithe because we understand that it's a biblical command from God. That he, that he has, a, you know, and that's the reason why in Malachi, it's like they had strayed away from giving God back what is his. And as we learned from Hebrews, it's still in place because Jesus is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And if Abraham thought it appropriate to give a tenth of everything he had to the Melchizedek, the priest, and we are his children through faith in Jesus, how can we not understand this is crucial for us as Christians? Amen. I want to pray tonight, as I always do, no matter what the topic, because everything's from the scripture. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate it. I, I just, I didn't write that down. I just said it because I believe it to be true. And I mean, listen, if we get to heaven and we find out, guys, actually, you didn't really need to give the 10th, but I appreciate it. I'd rather err on the side of not having any of my money cursed. I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% cursed. Now, if you're, if you're listening to this, because I don't know everybody who's on here. Um, you know, there's people watching, there's people commenting, but not everybody's commenting who's watching. So I don't know who's on. I don't know who's, people listen to my podcast. I don't know who they are. Um, and so if you're listening to this or watching this, you don't know Jesus. You can say, man, you guys are talking about Jesus. I don't even know who he is. I, I don't even know what that means. Faith in Jesus, what is that? Well, I'm here to tell you today, you, with one simple prayer. You're welcome, Pina. With one simple prayer. <laughs> That's okay, Dom, I appreciate it. Don't, don't get, a, 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 don't get a, a texting ticket. Those are pricey. But I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, with one simple confession, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And just like that scripture I read in the book of John, that if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You know, I have a, there's a special emphasis and I, I've been feeling it. The church has been feeling it on souls because we, we recognize that we're in the last days. We recognize that, that, it, that Jesus is going to come back. He's probably, he's probably standing up next to the father saying, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Right? <laughs> Thanks, Don. You're the best. Um, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready to collect my church. And I want everybody who's watching to make sure that you're part of that church, that you're part of that kingdom. Even if you don't live in, in, in Montreal where I am, it doesn't matter. Wherever you're watching from, believe in Jesus. Make a decision. Pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. Confess with your mouth. Say, Father, I thank you. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. So I confess and repent of any wrongdoing, of any sin that I've committed. And I make a commitment to have new life in Christ. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I now confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and my Savior. And I commit to following him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Send a message to this account to say that, that you, you, you prayed that prayer of salvation. You know that there's no better place to be than in the kingdom of God and the family of God. There's no better place to be. So why would you want to be anywhere else? Amen. Amen.